Hi everyone, this is Patrick Donahoe. Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast. I'm actually sitting here in uh, beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, just for a couple days, finishing up some things with uh, with the book that we have coming out in the next uh, next couple months, uh, as well as uh, some business business meetings. But man, it sure is nice to escape the uh, the cold, wintry weather of uh, of Utah this time of year. Uh, but anyway, the, the, the episode we have today, you guys are definitely going to enjoy. It's episode nine. We're still in the the first uh, season of uh, 2018, where we are focused on the topic of life, which. Uh, is you are your greatest asset, and today specifically, my guest uh, Jarek Robbins is uh, is going to really dive into a lot of the different tools and strategies and techniques uh, to always make sure that you are you know performing after your at your optimal state. I guess is the best way to to, to put it. Uh, but it's incredible. This guy is definitely driven. He uh, he's the the author of uh, the book Live It. You can visit uh, his website at Jarek Robbins J A. A-I-R-E-K-R-O-B-B-I-N-S, and we'll definitely link to the, the show notes uh, on, our, on our new website. If you guys want to go check out our website, it's the wellstandard, uh, wellstandard.com. It'll have uh, links to, to Jarek's social media as well as his website, but you guys are going to see in this interview that there are so many different tools that he starts to, to list off, which is uh, pretty incredible. We actually perform some, some of the techniques uh, on the show itself, so you guys are definitely going to want to uh, check it out. Uh, one of the other highlights, which I think summarizes this, uh, this, this entire topic and the idea of strategy is found in a, a, a course that he did recently on uh, Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y, and so we'll we'll link to that uh, link to that as well. And then also he puts a URL in there for a discount. I think it's like two hundred bucks on Udemy, but he has a, a discount code uh, for forty seven forty seven dollars. So anyway, it's a uh, it's uh, it's really incredible. It was an awesome awesome interview with him. You can tell right out of the gate that he's uh, he's very driven, very passionate. About about what he does. So, hope you guys enjoy uh, this this episode. Uh, check us out on YouTube as well. Uh, most of the podcasts that we have are videoed, uh, video recorded, including this one. And uh, so, so definitely check that check that out. Okay, guys. Well, without any further delay, uh, I welcome my guest today for episode nine, Jarek Robbins. Welcome to the special 2018 seasons of the Wealth Standard Podcast, celebrating life liberty and property you are currently listening to life season one okay jarek uh welcome uh welcome to the show it's awesome to have you man thanks for having me sir well i think you know the as we talked about you know the the theme for this season is is right up right up your alley and you know with with your presence on social media and you know the book that you've written as well as a lot of the stuff that you speak about you really epitomize this this idea of uh, of of life that we're talk that we're talking about this season, and the idea that you know the the person, the human being, the individual is uh, is is their greatest their greatest asset. But maybe first we can kind of step back a second and, and just maybe talk about you specifically, and you know what what a little bit of your background is, and right now what you're dedicating you know dedicating your life and dedicating your business to. Sure, um, I, I don't know what pieces of the background people are interested. I think my first job was security at Blockbuster Video. Um, I was 15 years old, not old enough to man a cash register legally in the state of California. So they hired me and had me walk up and down the aisles at 15 years old. And I guess I was big enough and mean looking enough that uh, I got theft to drop by 70% within two weeks. So 
apparently I scared off whoever was stealing videos at Blockbuster. <laughs> um, and, and, and from there, my, my first actual kind of job was uh, working at, at a nonprofit focused on helping homeless people, helping people in prisons, helping children, and, and looking for ways to make a valuable difference. I remember from there, I loved being able to focus on helping people every single day. Uh, I didn't like the paycheck that came along with it. And I remember thinking like, this is really weird. We focus on actually helping people all day long and get paid pennies for it. I'm like, that's not cool. And, and so I scratched my head and wondered, are there any other types of career paths or jobs that you can take where you can still focus on just helping people all day long, but you actually get paid for it and, and you get paid significantly for it. And so I remember hunting and figuring out coaching was one of those routes where I could focus 100% of my time and energy on just helping people become happier, healthier, more fulfilled, stronger in who they are as a human being. And, and also, if you're really, really, really good at it, there's an opportunity to get paid very well. But, but you can't be average, you can't be ordinary, you got to be exceptional. Okay. And so I went into coaching. Um, my, I was trained in 250 hours of coach training. I, I spent six years coaching for a major organization. Uh, my first probably three years, I was average and ordinary and, and not a peak performer in any way, shape or form, but I was learning the ropes. Um, after six years of doing it for them, I became a, a top performer. Then I went off on my own. And for the last nine years, I've, or 10 years actually, uh, first year was a sole proprietorship, but nine years my company has been formed as of this year, thanks to LinkedIn for giving me a billion congratulations from all you wonderful humans who are connected to me. Uh, but for nine years now, uh, I've had my own company open and coaching entrepreneurs all over the world and, and helping them stay and be the happiest, healthiest, strongest, and most fulfilled version of themselves. And I, would, and I would say, and this is, this is where I you know, made that comment in the beginning, it's, you know, you're able to have a front row seat to, to really where, where a person is at and how to overcome uh, the, the human limitations that we, that we all have. So maybe, maybe speak to just, you know, what you see as these, these common things that typically hold a, a person back uh, from really living to, living to their potential, producing to their potential. Because, I mean, I, I always, I look at, you know, you know, I love your, the sign that's in the, the, the backdrop of your office, which is we didn't wait, wake up to be mediocre. But, but I think, you know, I look at how society is, you know, it, it kind of programs like a middle class or it programs like this checklist of stuff that you, that you have to do, right? Go to school, get a job, have benefits. But that's, that's this idea of mediocrity, which I think is, a, which is poisonous to a degree. So maybe, maybe speak to, you know, some of the characteristics you see within, you know, entrepreneurs where they identify themselves as like, okay, I'm, I, I can produce a tremendous amount of value for, for others. Okay, I'm, I'm not mediocre. I want to make, make a difference. I mean, maybe, maybe talk through just some examples you've seen of, you know, of, of individuals that have you know, gone down that, that path and, you know, really just kind of bucked, bucked the status quo and, you know, mediocrity, uh, you know, was, was removed from their vernacular. <laughs> sure. Um, I would start with figuring out what the true status quo is because most people, especially in, in the United States and first world countries have a disillusioned opinion of what normal is. And, you know, we, we say normal is having a normal job, working in an office, living in a normal home, having a standard education. And, and we don't realize that 80% of earth will never have access to any of those things. That's true. And so when you look at what normal is for, more, for the majority of humans on earth, 
Normal is trying to figure out where your next meal is going to come from. Normal is trying to figure out if you're going to have drinkable water. Normal is trying to, you know, walk a quarter mile down the road, which I used to do when I lived in a village in Africa volunteering and teaching organic farming in English. You'd have to take two jerry cans, those things you see on the back of those cool safari Jeeps. You'd have to walk them a quarter mile down the road. You'd have to pump water into them to then fill them up. And these things weigh a good like 40, 50 pounds filled with water. And if you've ever tried to walk with water moving in these giant cans, you then have to lift them up and walk a quarter mile back home while these two damn cans are jiggling everywhere as you're trying to get it home, you then have to boil the water for about an hour to heat it all the way up to kill any parasites or anything living in the water. You then have to protect it as it cools back down just to have a glass of water. So when you reconsider what normal and average is, I know what you're going for and I'll get back there, but for most people, the recalibration of what normal is makes their daily life look like a freaking blessing. Mm-hmm. And and so to start there, and I'm not saying just in third world countries because there's plenty of parts of the United States. In my United wife, States as well, yeah, exactly. My wife grew up just outside of Detroit, and and that that's a p- tough part of the country. Um, you know, there's places in 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 Philadelphia and other par- other other states that are very difficult. There's a huge homeless population in San Francisco, but like there's lots of struggle here just as much as around the world but we forget what normal is and we allow wherever we grew up or whatever we saw to be normal for us. I remember I grew up in Southern California. So what normal is when you live in a beach city in a coastal town of Southern California, normal is pretty flipping nice compared to the rest of the world. And when you get to places like South Africa and walk into a room no bigger than a normal sized dorm room in a university and realize this is a two family room, that 12 people live in this room, that a single bed and this is a luxury room, a single bed houses a family of five people, mom, dad, and three kids. You look on the wall and you see little nails and you see like three shirts hanging on each nail. That's all that they own. There's one mini in the corner. You open it up and that's everything for two families to be sharing with kind of a hot pot cooker on top because this building was lucky enough to have electricity. Now, what's wild is you walk into the hallway and you see this giant black soot up the wall, and that's where they have an open fire cooking the rest of their food every night indoors, which smoke inhalation literally causes cancer and kills you from the inside out. So this is normal. And, and, and so where I would start is looking around at whatever is in your life and realizing there's no ordinary moment. That and, and one other thing that happened when I was in that village is I, I got malaria twice and I had a doctor sit me down at 20 years old and tell me I had the potential of six days left to live. Jeez. And, and so when those things happen, all of a sudden normal becomes the greatest blessing you could ever have in your life. And if you want to get out of that place of mediocrity and expand way past and fully, really, truly exploit your full capacity you first have to realize where you're at is a blessing because one thing that slows people down from excelling is being ungrateful for where they are, what they have. Correct. And so when you can release needing more and go after it just because you want it, now you're doing it for fun and realize you don't need it. Now you're coming from a place of abundance because if you have a breath in your lungs and you can see and feel and touch and hear and move, you have more than enough. Life is already a blessing and a gift. Now we're just going to play the game and see what's possible. It's a totally different place to come from. 
And it's not switching yourself to an abundance mindset and just being grateful for what you have. It's taking a breath and realizing not everyone has the opportunity to have that breath in their lungs with that amount of ease that you do. My wife's mom was just in the hospital. She went into a coma and she had breathing tubes for 14 days in her lungs because she was unable to breathe by herself. My mom went through two strokes in the last 90 days and I watched her one day being able to eat food and walk and move and the next day trying to pick up a spoon where her hand is rattling and she barely makes it to the plate and picks up a little piece of food and halfway back to her mouth, the food falls off and she has to start over in the process and do it again. To realize there are no ordinary moments, that every breath you have, every sight you can see, everything you can touch and feel, the fact that you have a heartbeat that's working 100,000 times today without you having to think about it is really, truly a blessing. If you start there, it resets the foundation that now you're going to build on. And so when you can recognize the blessing and miracles in your life with every breath, with every sight, with every sound, with every family member, with every hug, with every moment you have to see your child being alive, because not all of them make it. With every time you cross the street and don't get run over, silly as that sounds, not everyone does. Another friend of mine up in Toronto got off the tram and got run over by the airport bus, literally 25 feet from her front door. She just happened to look the wrong way. Good news is she lived, but they have a picture of her on the news where she looks like the wicked witch from the East and her little legs are dangling out from under a bus. <laughs> she survived. She still has a few more heart surgeries to go through, but she survived and it looks like she's going to make it and be fine. Well, you know, this is the, this is the fragile, I mean, it's, it's the fragileness of life, right? And, and sometimes, you know, we, we do wake up and we have, I don't know if it's a protection mechanism, I don't know what it is, but it, we, we look at, you know, every, every day as if, you know, it's going to be like the last, right? Or it's going to be uh, just, you know, normal or status quo, like what we've talked about. But yet there are situations around the world in which, you know, life is completely different. And, you know, my, my wife grew up in a third world, third world country in, in Mexico. And I think that, you know, when I first, you know, met a lot of her extended family and just saw the circumstances in which, you know, people live sometimes, it was, it, it was really, it was really humbling. And, and sometimes I think, you know, we'll, we, we would take that for, you know, feeling sorry for, for them, you know, or, um, you know, I think gratitude maybe is just a natural byproduct of that. Uh, but, it, but in the end, it's one of those things where we all have our different set of circumstances. We all have our different, you know, set of, uh, of experiences that have formed and made the way that we are right, right now. Uh, and, you know, I would say that there's probably some similarities regardless of where humans are, but there's some similarities that keep us, that keep us back. And so as you've experienced, you know, a lot more culture than most, like what have, what have you seen throughout those, you know, third world countries or, or second world countries and in your travels as far as, you know, the makeup of a, of a human being and really those that, you know, cross that, cross that, you know, dividing line between, you know, doing something amazing with their life and just, or, or just following that tradition, you know, the typical path. Sure. Uh, I'll give you a, another lesson that came from around the world and something I practice daily. I remember the other day I was just sweeping out in the, the kitchen and a friend of mine stopped by who's in real estate and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm sweeping. And he's like, no, 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 no. I've been taught if you want to be successful, anything that you can pay someone less money to do for you than it costs you in your hour of time to do it. Meaning if you can make more per hour than it costs to hire someone else to do it, you should task them to do it and use your hour to go make more money. I said, interesting. Good thought. Useful thought. I said, but when I make more money, then what happens? 
He says, well, well, you should close some big deals and make a ton of money. I said, well, you make more money and then? And he goes, and then you can grow your business. You can have more team members. They can do more things for you. You can leverage it out. I said, and then what happens? He goes, and then, you know, you, you, can, you can start to travel more and have more free time. And I said, and then what happens? And he says, then you can really enjoy your life every day and not have to be working every day. And I said, interesting. I said, let me throw you a crazy proposition that I learned from a little old man who used to sweep a path in Uganda every morning out front of a clinic. And I said, if I can't learn to enjoy how to sweep the floor, what makes you think I'm going to enjoy anything else in my life? Because I met a lot of people with a lot of money that don't enjoy shit mm-hmm. and are constantly hunting for the next high because nothing seems to do it any longer. But if I could figure out how to enjoy sweeping the floor, I'm pretty sure I couldn't figure out how to enjoy everything else in my life, including well, the work it takes to get the results you want. Yeah. Well, there's a, you've probably heard this story before, but it's the, you know, the, the fisherman in, in uh, Mexico, he did, does a chart, you know, the charter, the charter fisher yeah. boat, fisherman boat. And, you know, this New York city banker goes down on vacation and, you know, sees his operation and, you know, asks him about his life and, you know, what he does and you know, he, he does charters a couple days a week and then he just spends a ton of time with his family and takes his kid to, you know, takes it to the beach or takes him to school and, you know, really has an awesome, awesome time. And so the, you know, the banker tries to convince him that, you know, he, uh, he needs to work a couple more days a week. Right. And then make a bunch more money and then, uh, you know, hire, buy more boats and then hire some staff and then, you know, create a company and take that company public and it comes first full circle, right? Because in the end, it's it's more and it's more money, but yet he would be doing exactly what he's doing right now with that more with that more money. And so I would say in the I would say that you know maybe I'm 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 reading this. Uh, hope I'm reading this the right way. But you're you're alluding to the fact that you know you you really have this you know amazing experience of of life uh, and the enjoyment of it, being present, being present to it. Uh, is is a vital component to finding that you know f- that the idea of fulfillment, which I think everybody is is after. Uh, and so, but oftentimes we do get caught up, like your friend that stopped by. You know, we do get caught up in those moments of you know trying to maximize things, but really not having the big picture, the end result that we're looking for in mind. Mm-hmm. And all this is the foundation, because if you're going to build on something, you need to have the right foundation built. Otherwise, it crumbles. Because if you're not grateful for what you have. If you don't enjoy the process, it doesn't matter how much you get. Mm-hmm. I have clients who have $50, $100 million net worth, who have massive passive income coming in every month without having to do a damn thing to get it. All they have to do is go collect it and they can even pay someone to go collect it for them. And they're bored out of their freaking minds because they got everything they wanted, but they never set the right foundation underneath it. These people call me and have help hire me to help me re- help them reset their foundation. So hopefully if you're listening, you can reset the foundation first and then build everything on top of it. And I can show you how to speed up your results. I can show you how to make huge amounts of money and do all that jazz. That stuff's easy. Um, but if, if you have the wrong foundation, you'll never enjoy any of it or you'll enjoy it for a moment and then you'll need the next hit, the next hit, the next hit. And it's the difference between doing something that's fulfilling and doing something that's pleasurable. Things that are pleasurable feel good in the moment and a day later, 10 minutes later, 10 days later, doesn't feel good anymore. You need another one. And you need a bigger hit every time because the same thing doesn't give it to you anymore. It's like a drug. It feels good the first time, but then it loses its high and you need more to get to another high versus something that's pleasurable. 
it feels good in the moment. And 10 years from now, if you think back to that moment, it still feels just as good. And so one thing you want to do is look at your schedule and say, hey, am I hunting for things every day that are pleasurable or things that are actually fulfilling? If 10 years from now, am I going to look back and go, wow, I'm really glad I went through that every single day because that carved and sculpted my soul into who I am today. Or are you doing something that feels good in the moment and 10 years from now, you're going to be like, wow, I don't even know why anyone allowed me to get away with that. Like that was dumb. And, and, you know, you got to think through what you're doing and how you, and these are frameworks. These are principles. Um, if you want structure of, of how to excel as a human, you want to look at your goals. And if you want to separate these things, Ray Dalio in his book, Principles, has a wonderful framework for goals. And this guy built a $15 billion personal net worth from scratch in a little apartment up in New York City. And, and so to go from nothing, the 15 billion in personal net worth, not what his companies make, it's what he's worth individual bank account. And, and if you look at his MBA, major bank account, how he attained that over the years, he shows you the principles he used to get there with goal setting and attainment. It's very simple. He says, write down exactly what you want. Just exactly what you want. He said, don't come up with how you have to do it. Don't come up with, and don't think about anything. It's just say, this is what I want. Say, okay, great. Say, say okay, question. What is the obstacle between you and whatever you want? Now, the obstacle could be the amount of time it takes, the effort, the knowledge, the experience, the talent, the know-how, the right place, the right time, whatever. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the obstacle between you and what you want? Number three, what's the root cause of that obstacle? He says, most of us deal with surface things instead of figuring out what the real root cause of that thing is. You know, a lot of people, you look down and they're unhealthy and out of shape and they go, man, I need to work out. What's the root cause of being out of shape? It might be that you don't value your body as much as you need to. It might be that you don't value your health. But, you know, but, but working out for six weeks isn't going to change how you value yourself. You'll find a way back to whatever's normal. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, if you fix the real root of it, how you feel, how you think about it, what you believe about it, all of a sudden now you solve for the root and you never have to deal with that problem again. People who are constantly making a bunch of money and losing a bunch of money, making a bunch of money and losing a bunch of money. There's a root problem that has a lot more to do with why they do that instead of, I just need to work harder. You know, if your business, you put it on overdrive and you, you turn up your marketing, you turn up your sales, you're just like, ah, and I don't know how many have ever done this and made less profit that month than any other month. And you think, what the hell? I marketed it 10 times as hard. I sold 12 twice as hard and I lost money. This was stupid. And all it was, was you put a lot of time and effort energy into things that were the surface and not the root. If you're in business, you you might sit back and look at the business model and say, wow, maybe I have enough customers. I don't need to go market more. I need to charge more. Or maybe you're charging enough, but you need to add a different service and upsell. Maybe there's little adjustments to the model that all of a sudden maximize profit that take half the amount of freaking effort you're putting into the process. Same thing in your health and fitness. And one good question is, is the return you're getting worth the effort you're putting in? Financially, physically, emotionally, careful on relationships. That's a horrible question to ask in relationships, but in other categories of your life, in the gym, for the amount of time and effort you're putting in, are you getting the result you really want? In your business, for the amount of time and effort you're putting in, are you really getting the result or you got to change the model? You got to change the way you're doing it. Get a stronger ROI for a better investment. 
And so when you look at these types of things, these are frameworks. So know the goal, know the obstacle, know the root cause of the obstacle, create a clear, crystal clear and concise plan of what it takes to overcome that root and reset it. Finally, follow the plan until completion. Five steps, according to Ray Dalio, the dude who went from zero to $15 billion net worth on how to set and achieve goals. So now, I would say that, from, a, from, yeah, from, a strate- from a strategic standpoint, because I, I would say that you know, the, the, the process that you've just outlined isn't this like earth, earth-shattering, earth-shattering mm-hmm. equation, right? That, that nobody listening has ever, uh, has, has not heard about before. Maybe, maybe not in those five steps, but I would say generally, generally speaking, um, so what, it, what is it that, you know, would prevent a person from, from, from doing that, right? Because I would say, you know, those steps are very logical. And of course, they were, you know, highlighted and outlined by an incredibly successful person that clearly used those steps. Okay, but, but if it's that simple, why isn't everybody just making these monumental shifts in their life? Sure. Um, well, it starts off because strategy is useful, And a lot of people sit down and they create the best plan in the world because someone listening to this can go, okay, great. I want $15 billion like Ray has. And and the obstacle is is time and effort because if I put enough time and effort in, then I should be able to earn the money like he did. Okay, great. We'll see. Um, you know, and, and, and the root cause of the time and effort is I just need to stop telling myself I don't have the time and put myself to work. It's like, okay, great. And, and, and then what has to happen to get that kind of result? Well, you'd have to magi- magically somehow master his decision-making process that he uses in order to pick which companies to invest in. You'd have to go get investors to believe in you and, and give you their money. You'd have to then churn a huge profit and be able to turn a small investment fund into a hundred million, you know, I forget how big his fund is. He's got hundreds of millions of dollars that he manages. Almost a trillion, yeah. You'd have to do a lot of this stuff. And, and so the question becomes, if you look at a triangle, the first question is, can you do it? Well, most people can if they really want to. You know, they can do it. Second is, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to wake up every single day at 4.30 in the morning and read the papers before everyone else and study things? Just study every freaking detail like Warren Buffett does and read about a company for five to seven years before you ever decide to put a penny towards them and you know more about their company than they know about their company. Are you willing to research and understand it, do the homework, have meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting of getting to know these people? Are you willing to network like a freaking banshee to get to know everyone you need to know so you know everything going on in every direction? Are you willing to study this stuff like a kid studies a baseball card to know every stat and every number of the players that are in the game? Are you willing to analyze the tar out of it for decades of your life? To, to just make one move at the right time, like Warren Buffett did when he bought Coke or Pepsi or whatever it was. Are you willing to do all the legwork? Now, the third is some people are able to and they're willing to. The third is, is it your nature to do it? This is where people fall off. They get all fired up. They write out the best workout plan they've ever come up with in their entire life. They say, I'm able to do this. I'm willing to do this. I'm going to New Year's resolution. I'm going to become the strongest man I've ever been in my life. I'm going to hit the gym every single morning at 4.30 in the morning. I'm going to work out like no one's ever seen. I'm going to do it. 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 And four days later, they're at home going, oh, shit, it's too early because it's not their nature. They're never the type of person. They're a night person. They stay up till four in the morning. They don't get up at four in the morning. That's crazy to them. And so the next piece you want to do is figure out what's your nature. 
And there's two choices with your nature. Number one, start, if you had to bet everything you owned, your family's livelihood, the ability to take care of the ones you love, bet on your strength. Like if you're Michael Jordan, bet on basketball. Don't bet on baseball. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched him play baseball. He's a good athlete. Yeah. But if he had to bet everything, like his $200 million a year passive income, you know, uh, Nike contract he has, if he had to bet all the passive income for the rest of his life to you <laughs> on baseball, that would be a really dumb move in his part. Versus if he bet it on three-point shooting or slam dunking, like the dude's old but still has a chance. That's his strength. It's what he's good at. It's what he's been doing. He's, it's bread and butter. It's what he does. So, so this is where you have to bet on your strength, bet on your nature. So when you set it up, stick to what you're good at and exploit the hell out of it to get the results you want. So looking back at the $15 billion goal, there's a lot of ways to get there that have nothing to do with hedge funds. Mm -hmm. Lots of ways. Now stick to your strength, become the best in the world at what you're good at and allow that strength, that passion, that thing that you're naturally talented at to take you to that end result. If that's where you're trying to go. Sometimes, the other side is sometimes you have to learn a new skill set to have the results you want. Sometimes you could be the best in the world at what you do. And if you're the best farmer in Nicaragua and you farm plantain, I don't know what they farm in Nicaragua, uh, but you farm, <laughs> you farm coffee beans. And for some reason, you're not good at business. Being the best coffee bean farmer in the world without being good at business is not going to get you to that $15 billion goal. So you might have to learn how to master business, fair trade, world trade, build connections around the globe, you know, learn marketing to build your coffee bean business to the largest global coffee bean company in the world. And you have a shot at that 15 billion, you know, market share. So you might have to learn a new skill set if it's not your nature. Now, if you're going to learn a new skill set, you have to give yourself time to study, practice, build the muscle, get proficient, be, excel at it, and then become absolutely outstanding at the process you're trying to get into before expecting yourself to have the kind of results that someone who's extraordinary at what they do gets. So again, framework, logic here. I'm not telling you to think positive and get it all hyped up in the morning. I can show you how to do that. And I can show you the science that says you perform better while doing it. At the same time, I'm showing logic. Can you do it? Will you do it? Is it your nature? When that lines up, now you have a project worth investing your life into because you can do it, you will do it, and it's natural for you to do it. And that might be, Jarek, that might be a good angle to, to go, go to. What are, what are maybe some ways in which you've discovered for yourself, like what, what is your nature? What are your strengths? What are, what's unique about, about you? I mean, I'm sure that it's, it's an, you consider kind of an on, ongoing discovery, right? But what are maybe some of those those you know strategies or methods that you've used to to discover that initially, and so that you can focus your your time and efforts there. Sure, uh, disc assessment is great to show you some of your natural tendencies and personality. <laughs> uh, wealth dynamics profile is wonderful to understand your profile and 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 mindset when it comes to business and where your strengths and are in business. Uh, Strength Finders two point great book has an awesome. Uh, set of assessments there to show you. So what I'm alluding to is I would stick with assessments um, to, to figure out. And it doesn't mean they know everything. It doesn't mean they're perfect because they can change over time. But if you went and took, Sorry, exactly. If you went and took five to seven different types of assessments 
and cross-referenced all of them over each other, you'd start to see a trend and pattern of where your greatest strengths are and where your weaknesses are, what you're good at and what you're not good at. And it's okay. Exploit the strengths. Be like, hey, these are what I'm good at. If I had to bet my life on this, I'm going to start by betting on what I'm strong at. I can strengthen the weaknesses over time. And as long as I give myself time and focus and practice and effort and consistency, I can get better, but start by betting on your greatest strengths and running with those like crazy. So I would, I would go take a handful of assessments, the disc, um, the Myers-Briggs is great. The, and and a lot of this stuff is Colby's great. A lot of this stuff is free online nowadays. If you search hard enough, you can find free versions of all of them. And, and take them, get to know yourself and study your team. We teach this when we train coaches. Like, like if you're going to go coach your organization or you're a manager, leader, business owner, you should have profiles on everybody on your team. You shouldn't, we created a two page profile for startups when they're hiring their executive board and they don't hire them. They're, you know, engaging their executive board that we study the hell out of everyone on their team. And, and it, it sounds silly because like, oh, well, if you know they're a good person and they're good at what they do, why does it matter? Well, it matters. I remember we were, a client of mine was fundraising $250 million for their startup, which they were able to successfully do. And the CFO they had picked for their team, they asked me to come analyze the person and get to know them. I went and did a two-page assessment on them. And I, I said, hey, how long do you believe your business is going to be in business? And he's like, well, we're going for the long run, man. Like we want to be a billion dollar player in this industry. Multi-billion dollars is what we're aiming for. I said, okay, how many years will that take? Probably 20, 30 years to get there. And then at that point, we have the ability to, to sell and exit and you know, allow a much larger organization to buy us. I said, okay, do you know what your CFO's goals are? And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, do you realize he has a goal to never have to wear a suit again to, to an office past the, three years from now? Like at three years from now, he never wants to wear a suit to an office ever again in his life. And he goes, yeah, he'll get over it. Hmm. I was like, dude, th- this doesn't fit. The, the person you're depending on on your team to manage the financial aspects of your business plans on leaving in three years or less and never having to show up to your office ever again. That is their goal. Like you don't know this about someone that you're depending to, to, to show up with a $250 million risk on the line. That's insane. And, and most people don't know this stuff about the team members they have on their team or in their office or people they work with. Like mm-hmm. these are things you must know about them. You must know everything about them. One of my favorite old school things in sales, it was called the McKay 66. And there was an old guy named Harvey McKay who required any person on his team before ever picking up the phone to call on a prospect, you had to know all 66 of these factors, Hmm. where they went to school, what magazines they subscribed to, their wife and husband's name, their kids' names, how old they were, what grade they're in. Uh, You had to know everything about them before you ever picked up a phone to even talk to them. That way, when you know everything about them, you can really truly step into their world and actually communicate with them instead of just assuming or hoping that you get them on the right time on the right day. And, and so this concept, get to know yourself that well. You know, Google McKay 66, download his little worksheets and, and, and fill it out about yourself. Fill it hmm. out about your spouse. Fill it out about your kids. Fill it out about everyone you know. And it's simple stuff. You'll know most of the things just off the top of your head, but really get to know where the greatest strengths are 
that allow you to exploit it so that you can then take that, align it with your goals. Because sometimes you have goals and your strengths, like you want to become a pro basketball player, you don't even know what a basketball looks like. We're going to have a struggle. You know, you want to become a billionaire, you've never earned more than 20 grand a year in your entire life in one year. We're going to have a struggle. It well, doesn't would you, would you, You're just going to need some new skills. Well, based, so based on your, obviously your, your intimate knowledge of as far as where, where individuals, especially successful individuals are at. So are you, are you saying that one of the, maybe the, the, the common, common themes among those that, you know, really aren't, uh, they're, they're, they're struggling. They have challenge. They have challenge. There's discontent uh, is, is the fact that maybe they don't know themselves uh, and who, who they are as well as, as well as, uh, well as they should. And then it's not necessarily aligned with their, with their goals uh, or maybe aligned with the path, the path that they're on. Is that, is that kind of what you're alluding to? Sometimes. Um, and it depends on the person. I'm, I'm very individual focused. So I, I try not to make blanket statements about everybody because I get to work with lots of people. And what I've learned is everyone's uniquely different. Um, you know, even when it comes to diet, like we have a program on high performance that I know with most humans, if you take away their sleep, you take away their nutrition, meaning don't feed them, and you take away their ability to move and physically activate their body, they're going to be a worse version of themselves than if you allow them to get great quality sleep, high quality food, and high quality workout. In my experience, most humans do better when they have access to that than when they don't. That's not true all the time. There's some people who can wake up, have shitty sleep, eat nothing, and, and not work out and perform incredibly well. There's a few of them. I call them aliens, but there's a few of you out there in the world, and I'm always impressed by you. <laughs> but they can do it. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, that's part of what they train Navy SEALs to do. They, they take them to a boot camp. They, they deplete their nutrition. They don't let them sleep and, and they don't let them move. And then they require them to perform at exceptionally high levels under maximum stress because they need to be able to do that when the time calls. Now, it's crazy. They train them how to do this. They build the skill. It's no one's nature to do that that I know of, but they train them how to become proficient at it and do it extremely well. At the same time, for most humans, Sleep, nutrition, exercise are the foundation to keeping you at your best. Now, when you slept, when you've eaten well, and you've exercised, you're going to perform better at whatever you're focused on than if you didn't. Now, what that means is if you take your core strengths and then you add a few key individual elements, high quality sleep, nutrition, exercise is the base. You're going to now be able to exploit those strengths even better and do even more every single day at whatever you're focused on. If you're working on building a new skill set, high quality sleep, nutrition, exercise, you're going to be able to learn better, retain more information, have better memory and recollection of what you're learning and be able to learn it quicker when you're at your best versus your worst. So where we spend most of our time, um, some of these frameworks are useful. Most of our time is helping our clients track and measure daily high quality sleep. Um, and I can show you the difference we track this stuff and we look for the percentage difference of, of REM sleep and deep sleep versus light sleep and the difference it makes in how they mentally, physically, and emotionally perform every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, we track their meditation and, and meditation meaning that the, the benefits of meditation are, are ridiculous. Let me see if I can find a list for you real quick. Um, but the reason we track their meditation is not to see if they're meditating. We're more so tracking 
with the best of their ability, when they give 100% effort, can they clear their mind and stay 100% focused on the task at hand? If they can't, I know they're going to be struggling throughout the rest of their day. I know, I know you are. Like if you cannot clear your mind and be 100% focused, you're going to struggle throughout your day. Versus if you can clear your mind and be 100% focused, you're going to be that much more productive in everything you're doing. And so we use a device. It's Muse. Yeah. Um, I have yeah. one sitting around here. And, and I track them every single day. I watch them first thing in the morning and I see, hey, if they're 80, 90% calm, they're doing great. They're fine. If all of a sudden they're 10% calm, they've got a lot of shit on their minds. I'm going to text them and be like, yo, we need to go and do an ice cold shower. That'll clear your mind that fast. <laughs> you know? Go, if you're, you live in a cold place where it's snowing, go jump in your pool. I guarantee you will clear your mind within 10 seconds of exiting that pool. You will not think of anything else except for, it's fucking cold. Like that, that excuse language, but that's all you'll be thinking of. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you're cloudy-minded, got a lot of crap going on and thoughts everywhere, hit yourself with ice cold water, ice bucket challenge. 30 seconds later, your mind's clear, you're good to go. And, and so we need things that can get immediate results, simple little things. Um, laughter and, and, and that watch something funny. It jars your nervous system. You'll clear your mind because you'll be laughing so hard. You can't breathe. And then can't think of whatever was in your head. So all these little things help, but so that ability, sleep, nutrition, exercise, mindfulness, the ability to clear your mind, stay totally focused. The next one is state and, and state management really comes down to breathing patterns because I, I could take you to a seminar, teach you how to jump up and down and scream yes and, and learn how to activate a peak state something that's threaded through my family very strongly. I've been taught that since I was a kid. At the same time, most people aren't going to do that in their office. Most people, if they're in a big meeting right in the middle of New York City in Manhattan, they're not going to jump up in the middle and be like, yes, mm-hmm. like, that's not going to work. So they can change their breathing pattern. There's lots of different patterns, um, but, but usually three that are really critical for people. One, preparing in anticipation for what is about to happen. And so if you're looking at a preparation breath, um, you can Google, what would you Google? Uh, breath of fire. If, if yoga, breath of fire. And, and it's really simple. It's just in and out really fast through your nose. And, and don't do it if you're pregnant. Don't do it if you have heart problems. They teach all this stuff in yoga, but it's really simple. It's just, and you can do it with me right now. It's in and out through your nose really fast. So it's like... And you do literally like 30 seconds of it. And 30 seconds later, your nose will be on fire and you will be wide awake. Let's try it real quick. So we'll 30 seconds. Let me grab a timer and we'll just do 30 seconds in through the nose, out through the mouth and watch how you feel. Just for everyone watching, you can do it with us. So ready? So we'll do in through the nose, out through the mouth. So ready and go. Faster, harder. Halfway there. Stop. How do you feel? <laughs> I'm <a> little lightheaded. <laughs> lightheaded, full of energy. Yeah. Your head's buzzing a little. It's usually like, 
whoa, wide awake, really focused, like right lit up, right? And so it's interesting, if you're anticipating something, there's a lady who studies the breath, Dr. Leah Lagos, she's wonderful. She's up in New York City. She trains professionals, athletes, NBA, NFL guys, uh, professional golfers, how to do these kind of breathing patterns. And she trains you on how to regulate how you feel, manage your state. So anticipating building up energy is this one to maintain. Uh, Mark Devine, he was a Navy SEAL, finished first in his class. He wrote a book called Unbeatable Mind. He mm-hmm. talks about box breathing. So once you're in an elevated state, drop into four seconds in through your nose, hold for four, breathe out for four through your mouth, hold for four out, repeat. So just hold, out, hold, in. That's it. And you get this nice, smooth, rounded, cornered box breathing going, and that maintains focus. It keeps you calm and focused through the entire process. Now, when you're done with your day and you need to decompress, try this one. So you breathe really slow through your nose. You're going to go all the way in. At the very top, you're going to suck in a little bit more through your mouth and cap it off like, and then you're going to squeeze. You're going to squeeze your shoulders, squeeze your hands, squeeze your face, squeeze everything for five seconds. And then you're going to open your mouth and you're going to drop everything out in once and go, and you're going to drop your shoulders and drop your head. And so let's do it together three times. So in through your nose. A little more. <gasps> Squeeze. All the way out. <sighs> in through your nose. A little more. <gasps> Squeeze. All the way out. <sighs> Make sure to drop. <laughs> in through your nose. A little more. <gasps> Squeeze. All the way out. <sighs> now, it's interesting. That one resets your entire nervous system. It resets your vagus nerve, which resets your entire peripheral nervous system. So literally, with those three breath patterns, you can prepare for what's about to happen and build the energy to go into it, clear your mind, and be totally focused. You can maintain focus and calm throughout the entire process with box breathing, and you can release anything you held on to or anything that good or bad or happened and let it go. So if you think about this, you might want to do that breath of fire when you wake up in the morning and you prepare for your day. You might want to do the box breathing as you go through your day to stay calm and focused in everything you do. And before you head home, you might want to do three of those decompression breaths to let everything of your day go so you can reconnect with your family on your way home. Make sure you have a stoplight when you're doing the, that you're breathing. Do not do this while driving. (laughs) My little cousin did this while driving, passed out and crashed his uncle's Escalade. And luckily he crashed into a pole or something and didn't hurt anybody. Um, But do not do this near water. Do not do this while driving. Do this in your office or at home while sitting or lying on the bed or chair. Like do not do this anywhere that it could be dangerous because there's a slight chance you might pass out in the process. The neat part about that though, we look for tactical, immediately useful situations and tools, or I'm sorry, immediately useful tools that we can add to any situation to get someone immediate results that they can experience the change. So if you guys did this while listening and you did the breath patterns, you'll feel different after doing them than you did when starting them. And if you look at your blood, your stress levels, all the things going on, it changes just using that breath pattern to manage your state throughout the process. 
Um, the other things we look for is those things are performance. So if I can keep you focused and calm throughout the day, I, I can help you rev up with energy. I can lock you into a place where you feel you know, happy and fulfilled, which comes in through a couple of things, working out every day, random acts of kindness, help with, with the oxytocin and the dopamine to feel grateful and excited about your life and feel happier. Um, writing down three, three good things that happened today each day, like simple little tasks. Uh, optimizing your sleep. There's a book called Sleep Smarter by a good friend of mine, Sean Stevenson. Mm-hmm. He shows you 21 ways to optimize your sleep to get high quality of sleep every single night, which is a game changer. Uh, ben Greenfield, he's our resident expert with movement and, and nutrition. Shows you how to optimize your diet for longevity, strength, and endurance. Um, and, and then for breathing, we have Wim Hof, who's a crazy, crazy, crazy ice man who holds like 16 Guinness Book World Records for crazy shit done under very cold circumstances. Mm-hmm. And he shows you how to activate mental super performance by using your breath and cold exposure. Mm-hmm. And so these are all the things we do with people. And, and we do this with executives and business people and all kinds of people to keep them at their best with the foundation of there are no ordinary moments. Everything you're doing is truly a blessing and a miracle and an opportunity. And every single day, if you're playing to your strengths, if that's the foundation, use these kind of tactics to stay at your absolute best mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually every day. And now take that to the moon and back and you can do it exceptionally well every single day. If that makes sense, how those weave together. No, absolutely. And that's where I, that's where I wanted to, to kind of cir- circle back to is all of these strategies, all of these tactics, all of these, all of these tools, right? There's an under, there's an underlying purpose to it. And that's what you were mentioning in the beginning, which is, you know, t- time, time is probably the most, one of the most valuable assets, right? And it's optimizing your experiencing and uh, your experience in that time. And there are, you know, we live in a physical world where there are, are things that, you know, get us down, make us sick, uh, suck our energy, but there are ways in which you can kind of balance balance all of that out. And you've mentioned just some incredible incredible strategy and tools to to do that. And and most of them are you know just simple. They don't cost anything. And it's uh, just a matter matter of focus and actually and actually doing it. Uh, but oftentimes that is it's one of those you know it's one of those those uh, contradictions where you know the the things that make the biggest difference are really the, the most simple you know the most simple methods. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do. We've we've been on on for for a while, and you've mentioned a, a ton. My show notes guy is gonna have, you know, have added as far as putting links because there's some there's some things in uh, that you've mentioned. You know, we've mentioned before on the on the show, uh, but it's one of those things where the the tool itself doesn't have, you know, the tool itself isn't where all where the value is, right? It's really the underlying objective and why you're using using the tool to to what to what end. And as the tools, you know, tools are only as good as, as uh, the person using, using them. Uh, but you've obviously, you know, you and, you know, what you're doing, your, your coaching uh, and, you know, your, your presence uh, online, I mean, you're, you're really living a lot of these, living a lot of these principles. And so I appreciate you coming on and sharing with the audience just ways and, and uh, you know, little things that people can do to make big, to make a big difference. But I'll give you the kind of the final, the final word and the final statement regarding just you know this, what your essential mission is, right? As a, as an entrepreneur, as a as a coach, and as a business. Uh, but maybe just uh, give us some final final words of wisdom uh, that uh, that'll make a difference for the audience. Sure, three things I'd say. One, our our, our principal philosophy is learn it, live it, give it. Learn what it takes to have the life you really want. 
um, study it, research it, examine it, prepare, practice it. And, and then second is live it. So, so apply all that you learn and really, truly get the results, live the life you want, go do the things you dream of doing. Um, it, it's, it's possible for anyone. It doesn't matter where you grew up in a village or, or in the middle of New York city. It's absolutely possible if you put your mind to it and, and, and you just have to figure out the right strategies to apply to get the results you want. So learn it, live it. And then finally is when you figure it out, take time to share with others what worked, not as the golden pillars that they have to follow, but as an option that says, Hey, this worked for me. If it works for you, take it, do what you can with it. I hope it helps and, and pay that forward. Um, the, the second piece that I throw out for people is if you're looking for, we, we've taken a lot of the stuff we covered in different patches all throughout this conversation and we've made it into a program. It's hosted on Udemy. Um, if anyone on here wants a copy, it's a $200 program, but we sell it for 47 bucks on there. So if you go to highperformance47.com, uh, you could grab a copy of the program. It goes through sleep, nutrition, exercise. Wim Hof's in there. Sean Stevenson's in there. Ben Greenfield's in there. And they show you how to take all of this stuff. And I take it, like you said, time is valuable. And I figured out how to narrow it down to a short morning routine and a short evening routine that oh, include cool. everything we covered. So you can cram it all out in less than two hours a day and probably, probably an hour and a half or less. You get all of these things done. And it shows you how to do it, how to sequence it, and, and what's the optimum way. It's, it's a great program. We put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, so you said it was on Udemy, but you also gave it a URL. Yeah, yeah. So the URL to get the discount is highperformance47.com. Got it. Got it. Okay. And then it's on, and, and it's hosted on Udemy. Yeah. And the final piece is, is in my experience of life, if you remember, there are no ordinary moments. And, and everything around you is a miracle in motion. If you look outside and realize the clouds will never be in that formation ever again, and it's a miracle that it's unfolding like that. If you, if you look into your child's eyes and realize that you're just incredibly blessed that they're breathing and alive and healthy and, and, and just realize how beautiful and amazing that is, if you can live in that place where you realize how magnificent just the simplest things around you are, it'll free you from so much crap that we get caught up with every day. And, and the practice of getting to that place, um, hopefully in all the stuff we shared will help you get there. And but just reminding you to stay there because that's the true richness of life when you can live in that moment and really experience that bliss each day. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting where as you've been, as you've been talking, what's going through, what's going through my mind is, is just how kind of how amazing the, the blessing of life is, right? And it's the, the, the experience of being alive, especially in this, this day and age, you know, it's one, of those, it's one of those times where we're experiencing just how amazing human ingenuity is, whether it's, you know, with our technological advances, whether it's our ability to communicate. But what's awesome is that, you know, despite some of the crazy stuff that's going on, you know, you do have those that have you know, discovered a lot of the, the principles of life and pr principles of living, whether it's a mental uh, or a physical thing. And, and really that right there is able to be communicated to billions of people around, around the world. 
Uh, and, you know, despite the economic circumstances that a lot of people find themselves in, despite, you know, the down and out situations, whether it's a job or whether it's family or whether it's other relationships, you know, it's, it's amazing to have, you know, entrepreneurs and people like you, they've really discovered, uh, discovered a principle, life-changing, life-changing principles, life-changing strategies, uh, and be able to really communi- communicate that to a, a huge, a huge audience. Uh, but in the end, I think we're all, you know, in a sense, human beings are searching for very similar, very similar things. Uh, and, you know, in the end, there's is a lot of information resources out there uh, that we can tap into so that we don't have to go and figure it out ourselves and through trial and error. We can go and, and kind of circumvent a lot of the, the difficulties and uh, cut right to the chase. And in this case, you know, there's a whole program for, for 47 bucks, uh, which most, most, people can, uh, most people can afford. Uh, but, Jarek, thank you so much again, really, for being on and, and contributing to, you know, really what we're defining as one of the most fundamental assets and fundamental things that people, you know, can, uh, can work on before anything else, which is themselves, which is their, you know, state of being, their state of mind, their physical well-being. Uh, because with, without that, life's experience is, um, doesn't, doesn't, have its, doesn't have its true meaning. Very welcome. And thank you for having me. And thank you everyone for spending this bit of your life with us. We appreciate it and appreciate you taking the time. Hopefully you apply it and find a way to be a little bit happier, healthier, stronger, most fulfilled version of yourself uh, through whatever you experience here today. So thank you. Well said, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us as the Wealth Standard Podcast spends all of 2018 celebrating life, liberty, and property. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll see you on the next one.